trade services, Lavazi and Book1.co.uk present the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast, episode 568. I'm Adam and um, what's the theme tune to The Crown? Oh yes, and here's Debbie Melrose. My quote is from subtitles, watery hissing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mary Lang. It's a young man's game, all this dashing about. Kirby Bartlett, I have got my notes out. I mean, Sloane. Hungry like the wolf. Pardon? Hungry like the wolf. Is that attempt at singing? Yes. Sorry. Scarlack. Right then, so here we are, uh, after a week off, uh, what, what happened last week? Something to do with my mother, wasn't it? Something yeah, happened last week. She went home, didn't she? She came no, home. No, 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 she was going to go home on the Monday, uh, but I, we, Deb wanted to go and clean the house up prior to her, her trip home, uh, against uh, my wishes and uh, the uh, advice of various people uh, who feel she's not in a fit state to look after herself at home. And... Um, was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, anyway, she was she collapsed in her room. Uh, the ambulance had to come down and sort of make sure she hadn't done a hip in, but she hadn't. She was just playing up. Um, anyway, so she's lying on the floor. These burly ambulance men come in and uh, help her uh, sort of deal make with Make her, her day. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so while I was, I thought, God, maybe she's collapsed because she might be dehydrated. So I just went downstairs to see if there was any glasses of water or evidence that she'd been drinking water. What do you think I found? A glass of Jameson's uh, Irish whiskey and a three-quarter oh. drunk bottle of Jameson's Irish whiskey in the kitchen. Oh, so God. that answered the question as to why she was on the floor. Yes, dehydrated, because she'd fallen she over. Because she'd, had, she'd fallen out of bed because she uh, got drunk. So um, the sympathy levels went from quite high to quite low um, after that. And, uh, yeah, so... Definitely, yeah. But it was also anger with the the social services for again this is the sort of thing she'll do when she's not being looked after properly there you go she, she has got two social workers coming one does her breakfast one does her evening meal and they're supposed to do other bits and bobs but she keeps refusing to be helped freshen up and stuff like that you know where she was that was happening at the care home but enough about my mother but that's why this is the sort of thing in, that interrupts the, the podcast that's in the background on my life along with other stuff like convention organising and stuff like that, that might unexpectedly um, break the um, the run of episodes. So, uh, this week we're going to be, because uh, it's a bit warm at the moment, a bit muggy, we had a bit of a storm today, so cold or it would be quite nice, a bit of fresh air sort of hitting us, and that's the episode we're doing today. But before we move on to that, we've got Lillian Robbins saying hi. Hi. Uh, Terry Miles saying good Hi, evening Lillian. everybody it's almost uh, well we're heading into the the last quarter of the year soon and uh, therefore uh, heading towards the Christmas season uh, so Terry Miles will then be seeing uh, Merry Christmas everybody later on and then Lillian Robbins says good afternoon well, good afternoon evening, it's evening <laughs> so 10 past 7 in the evening and I finally realised, after sort of fighting with the, my iPlayer over the last few uh, weeks, that I have actually got these episodes on, on my Apple TV. So I could have just gone, gone along with that particular scenario rather than um, faffing around with iPlayer. How's right. our recording level? What? Is it recording? 
We did that before we started. I know. We I did. have a funny <laughs> feeling that you're not paying attention, Kirby. Uh, right, so the episode starts with, um, again, this is um, the, the trendy thing that uh, Moffat was doing at this time by, by having the text or, of where they were on, attached to an object within that first scene. And obviously, North Pole 1983 uh, being the operative uh, introductory description as to where they were. And we're in a submarine. And um, they're panicking because I think something's happened. They were going to launch, that's right, they were thinking about launching... Uh, a missile or something it's, like that? No, it's a... To start uh, World War Three Exercise. All right, they're going to pretend to launch a missile. War, but, Correct. Yeah. But anyway, what actually happens is uh, something um, something causes the the vessel to sort of sink very quickly. The um, vessel. What? The nuclear vessel. Yeah. But um, I got, sli- I got slightly on. distracted in, uh, in the first, like, five minutes of this scene, uh, not just by um, the... the either red or blue light which is quite sickly uh, but understandably why they would put it in there to sort of create this panic scene or whether it's a bit too cold i.e. cold war or other bits and bobs anyway it's the cast it's subliminal messaging no, via it's the colours cast. isn't it um, what's your name again and Billy? it's Game of Thrones cast underwater well, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's the yeah. crown cast underwater we've it's got two Duke of Edinburgh once, once the Dalek oh, sorry once the TARDIS oh. arrives hang on once the TARDIS arrives we have two Dukes of Edinburgh uh, within um, we've got all the, three King Charleses well three of the King Charleses yeah, well one of the King Charles he didn't last very long does he uh, uh, yeah one of them didn't last very long but, but, but the three well, prin- generations prince, of King shall Charles. we say Prince Charles because he didn't play <laughs> Charles hasn't been King in the crown and I don't think he ever will be <laughs> alright don't need to start coughing Sorry, oh, I've not been too good. Oh, hang on. I'll come down and give you a cuddle in a minute. I'll tell you what, Debbie. When Andy mm-hmm. Nunny's um, feedback's on, I'll come down and give you a cuddle. I should be able to come down, give you a cuddle, and get back here before the end of the feedback. Is that you right? You could stay for a cuppa as well, probably. <laughs> probably pushing <laughs> thing. I've got a cuppa here. If I had too much tea, I'll be urinating during the show. Anyway, it's all right. We're talking about Charles's, aren't we? <laughs> okay. So, so the cast. I'm talking about the cast is quite distracting. You've got, like you say, you've got Prince Charles, the one that marries Diana within the, yeah, the crown. Yeah. We've got the two um, Duke the of Edinburgh. We've got sorry, Duke of Edinburgh no. the younger, Matt Smith, Duke of Edinburgh the intermediate. That's the, yeah. the bloke who was like the second officer. Uh, and um, apart from just that, we've got the legend that was David Warner, who... Yay! The doctor who never oh, was. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just, just, just amazing having him in this episode. He he should have been a doctor at one point. He uh, really yeah. is. He's so easy, isn't he? And he just yeah. cruises, <laughs> cruises he through this so episode. so many of my favourite films and programmes. I mean, I absolutely mm. adore him in Star Trek. And the fact that he's um, um, sort of referencing Duran Duran and... and um, Ultravox. Uh, Ultravox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so out of place, but it's very funny. But anyway, yeah, like you say, uh, with, within the first couple of minutes, Prince Charles, uh, who doesn't sound like Prince Charles, but he does rather look like him with his jug ears. Um, and I'm saying <laughs> Prince Charles, because at the time he was Prince Charles. I know uh, disrespect to his majesty, but that, that this time... Yeah, and I didn't Prince mean Charles. to call them three generations of Charles. It's actually yeah, well, You'll have to get me to on do. the third generation of Charles, because yeah. which one's that one then, Debbie? No, I said that. I didn't mean that. You meant two. There's two. There's, I meant Duke of Edinburgh. Duke of... So you got... I was right. You were wrong. Right, where's my Yes. <laughs> oh, I see. Give yourself a yes, ding. Yes, I will. Bloody well. Anyway, so the TARDIS <laughs> arrives. And Clara thinks she's um, rocking up at... Vegas. Um, pardon? Hello? 
Vegas. That's what Vegas, the doctor yeah. says Sorry. as he comes bursting out. They all of the come zombie. out in their Vegas gear, and and, and the, immediately I like the fact they arrive just as the trouble's actually happening, rather than sort of just before it happens or afterwards. They're right in the well, middle the of TARDIS, the. The TARDIS anticipated it. Thank you, um, Kirby. I'm just having a sip of tea. Hmm. And of course, the other actor that's very well known on British TV now is the 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 younger. Um, actor bloke who was uh, if you watch a series called um, Happy Valley he was the real baddie at the end of it um, but he was also uh, wasn't he a detective in some other ITV program yeah, um, you know. I can't remember what he was in as it, a wasn't detective. he a vicar or something in something is like. he a broad churchian I don't think no, he no, is no 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 wasn't he a vicar like a vicar detective or something? yes that's the one yeah what's yeah. that, what that series called I can't remember what it's called because I, 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 I have to ask because Mary's particularly interested in a British uh, drama series because she knows how brilliant they are and I know she'd like to dabble. Um, yeah, right. So, so the cast in this episode is just absolutely. Also, you've got Victoria, Queen Victoria, in the shape of Jenna Coleman. I mean, yes. I mean, you can't go wrong with the cast at all. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting distracted by the cast. Anyway, so um, the fact it's, they've it's, arrived it all round, it's an excellent cast. It is. Yeah. Um, um, so they arrive, and it's um, the Doctor. Sort of got nothing to lose but to let the doctor advise them, and they say, well, "Who are you? Who are you? And well, how come you can speak Russian?" And but the TARDIS, not long after they arrive, disappears. I know right, the doctor. And that's my biggest problem with with this house. Yeah, because how of the, the um, how's the translation work? He explains what he did to the TARDIS. No, no, he. How can the TARDIS translation circuit work? Maybe it just has to be on the planet that that that, that they're on, and who says there's a. That there's a distance um, limit. Maybe it just has to be at the. Maybe it just has to be Kirby within the time wobbly, frame. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. What do you think? It's Gavis? a science fiction fantasy TV program. Yeah, but don't you think it's likely it has to be in the time, same time zone or whatever? Has to be basically landed somewhere within the time zone the Doctor and his companion are. Is that correct? Would that be right? There's nothing to say that's Wait, not, not right. Not on the other side of the planet. If, Why not? If, if that were the case. Uh, the doctor, the third doctor is probably right. hanging out. Or no, or right, the, Kirby, or two no, things cover this. By 83. Kirby. Who's, who's two things cover doctors. this. Kirby, Kirby, two things cover this, right? Your your worries about the TARDIS being on the other side of the planet while um this is all going on. One, it's a science fiction fantasy TV show. Two, the TARDIS, at some point, towed various planets back into their places at the end of Stolen Earth um, and um, whatever the other one was called. Mainly, it's a science fiction fantasy TV yeah. program, so uh, they're forgiven. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I said. It's a tar- <laughs> The TARDIS is um, inside. It's father's. Hang on. The TARDIS is inside. It's supposed to be infinite, so therefore much bigger than the planet Earth. So I would say don't worry about it because it was... On Earth at the time in which, and nobody did nothing to say that. Even though I, I I accept it, but it bothers me. Well, it shouldn't bother you because I mean the TARDIS, the TARDIS has sort of been on the same planet the, the Doctor and the and and the companion have landed on many a time and and been long long way from where they are and they've still been able to, you know, have their. And um, and just two two stories ago, uh, it wasn't translating at all. 
Um, maybe I don't I'm know. I'm wondering if Kirby didn't like this one because he's going on so mm, much I'm about just, it. I'm just <laughs> thinking of instances, Debbie. Like, for instance, Planet of Spiders when when the TARDIS was on Earth and they were on um, Emetabelis Three and vice versa, and everybody was talking yeah. in various languages that everybody could understand, etc., etc. I'm not got a problem with it. So that's it. And what I say counts. I because I'm, I'm not going to spend the whole programme. Um, I mean, I watched it the second time around on subtitles. Yeah. But I'm not going to spend the whole programme worrying about the fact that they, they can suddenly speak Russian and yeah. the TARDIS isn't there. Right. The right. doctor, he's the doctor. I think they, magic, the TARDIS you know, was there at the beginning. The <laughs> uh, TARDIS was there at the beginning and it worked and it's fine. I've got a problem. Anyway, and it'll make a rubbish episode. Everybody's worrying about, oh, the TARDIS isn't here. How come I can, how come I can understand you rather than the dialogue within the episode, which was a far, far more interesting. Um, right, so, the, obviously, the, we, eventually after all this goes on, um, there's, because we talked about Prince Charles getting done in, um, because um, he's looking after this lump of ice, which the professor has managed to somehow get into the, uh, I'll be more worried about that bit, Kirby, how, the, how they managed to get this lump of ice uh, containing the ice warrior into the submarine and down through those corridors and whatnot, however they did. Um, and he's using a blowtorch to try and melt it and... Uh, Cause eventually that the ice warrior he melts gets out. it very quickly with that blowtorch, doesn't he? Yeah, very hot blowtorch. This prehistoric it? lump of ice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the thing. And the where's bit, the water going to go? Thing, the original yeah. one where they put the uh, heated cover over it, and suddenly it's completely defrosted yeah. in like moments. And where's the water going to go <laughs> when they melt it? Anyway, um, so the floor. Of course, they they love the the build up to to the doctor seeing the ice warrior. Everybody else can see it, and he's sort of got his back to it, and everybody's looking a bit worried and. Um, that's acceptable because he hasn't seen the ice warrior for a while. And what other other thing I like, I love the the continuation of the way that the ice warrior's costume looks, but it's been sort of modernised, so it just looks yeah. a little more slicker. Yeah, and uh, it's it's very very lovely. Um, not absolutely, not, not and and it no longer has Lego hands. No, it doesn't. I don't care about right. it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, I didn't, didn't even notice the hands. Does it have hands? Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, the Doctor's sort of talking to um, a man, to Ice Warrior, and getting on, or starting to get on quite friendly with it. And then some numpty sort of, almost, I suppose you could say, tasers it. And yeah, uh, yeah. There's, the, al- there's always one. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to step up and wouldn't do this make much thing. of a story if if some numpty didn't do that to the to the main baby right. who right. wasn't quite so bad. And uh, anyway, so they they chain him to some part of the ship. Um, unbeknownst to them, of That's course. That's the torpedo room. Unbeknownst to them, of course. Um, he's uh, it's his it's his suit rather than him. And they want to actually they want to restart renegotiating terms because the doctor knows that he's now their enemy and he wants to try and renegotiate terms. Uh, so he's going to go down there, but no, he isn't because Clara um is going to go down there instead uh with a little earpiece so as um, the doctor can tell her what to say and um and of course mm. I, I love the scene um after some sort of scenes in which david warner listens to Voltravox and duran duran uh and that the prince sorry uh, uh, duke of edinburgh the slightly older uh as you yeah. know he's not completely convinced by the the doctor's motives and stuff and um, I don't really got much. This is at this point the lighting's blue. Clara goes down, and uh, I love the, the bit at the end of the scene where she's sort of having this conversation, remote controlled by the Doctor. Um, and 
she turns the head of the the, the suit and of course there's nothing in it and uh, yeah and the doctors get out of there um yeah and i'm just moving forward a little bit and uh, from this point I, I, onwards one thing that another thing that bothered me is all the water dripping over all this electronic equipment it's a submarine. Well, it bothered me more with all that water dripping, and everybody is, you know, looking like slightly damp instead yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, it has just been the... spritzed with a spritz bottle by makeup, you know. It, well, <laughs> yeah, but... if you watch the making of that I posted last week, uh, they actually do get soaked in some scenes. Yeah, but, right. Okay. Well, it's a submarine. Uh, it's, there's going to be condensation. Uh, things are going to be wet. Um,. And they've had a bit of a crash incident where they, you know, they nearly died. So, yes, yeah, so I understand what you're saying about electrics, but there must be some sort of contingency plan within a submarine that's carrying nuclear warheads um, for the potential for there being water uh, inside. So the fact that I, I don't think it's likely a lot of open, you know, um, wires that may be contaminated or shorted by water would be, uh, you know, available. I don't know, I'm just moving on. So... Um, as things go on, the the um the they don't quite know where the Isora Shaldak is, and he suddenly he turns up with his hand that comes down from what yeah. comes to the side initially, a little bit That's like a good yeah. The hand doesn't look very real, but I suppose it's Doctor Who, so we can forgive that. And uh, I he, thought it looked great. It did look yeah, great, I did. but I, I didn't think it, it, looked, it did look like a rubber hand anyway. Um, to you, tries to mind meld with um, a couple of the characters, one of which being. Um, the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, I didn't last very long after that. Uh, and then, and always the other one being the bloke that set himself on fire at the end of uh, Happy Valley. Um, and uh, there's a scene in which, because um, at, the, at the moment, uh, Clara is sort of going around with the professor and uh, they go into a room where there's a dismantled human body, which Clara does not like at all, understandably so. Um, she said this is a point in which things become a bit realer when you see that sort of thing. Yes. Um, like, yeah, it's all fun and games until yeah. you see a dead body. Until you see a right. dismantled dead body. Um, anyway, so I'll just move on a bit. Piled neatly in the corner. And then, um, just when you think, think, think things are going okay, because really the, the professor, i.e. David Warner, is really looking after Clara during these things. The doctor just rocks in at the moment in which her hand comes down from the ceiling, or hands and grab him by the head. And uh, the Doctor says, oh, come I, on, Grand Marshal. I did like how, how the David Warner character, uh, the only thing he wants to know about the future is if Ultravox yeah, breaks Yeah, that out. was a really good yeah. thing. The other thing I like is in American shows, most of the time David Warner plays the baddie because American thinks, Americans back in the day, felt that the uh, British accent me, indicated We are traditionally baddie. bad guys to Americans. Yes, come on. Absolutely. Um, so in this one, he's a goodie, which I love. And, um, yeah, so, but the, I swear, um, I think Clara. We're, we're, uh, we're of, the, we're the, you know, when we have baddies in our films, yeah, they're all German, German or Russian. Or, or American. <laughs> yeah, in America, um, it's yeah. the Brits, because we were or, bad. Or, or brash speaking Americans. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so. speaking American. Or Scottish. Yeah. No, that's wrong. Anyway, um, so. Oh, sorry, did I wake you up, Kat? Clara sorry. sort of, um asks the the ice warrior not to kill the professor which 
uh, he doesn't, and therefore that shows that, that he's got a, he's got hope in in relation to having. Yeah, a but it's also like they're trying to show a connection between the you know Scallon. I can never get his name right. He lost his daughter, oh, and they're trying to make yeah. a connection with Clara. Yeah. See, it all comes back to Clara. Uh, I forgot to mention yeah. earlier on in the episode. Um, I think he used his suit to try and to transmit a message to the rest of his fleet. Obviously, it's yes, been yes, it did. You know, five thousand years ago. And, and it stops, and that's yeah. why he's got nothing left to lose. And there's, of course, he's got the Ronald Reagan moment, isn't he? With his finger on the big red button, he's going to press that big red button. <laughs> well, I got... think the big red button should be completely destroyed. I'm surprised it hasn't got a sign on it. This uh, uh, nuclear, issues. or just nukes. It's harder to do it. Or in well, nukes in Russian. Why is it a Ronald Reagan moment? Yeah. Sorry? Why is it a Ronald Reagan Oh, because um, during Spitting Image, there was always this, this thing that they had set up. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, Ronald yeah. Reagan. And it was a bloody Russian president in those. Sorry, the Soviet president in those days. It wasn't Gorbachev, was it? It was... Um, Hello? Gorbachev. Was it Gorbachev? Yes, Gorbachev? At the beginning of it. But they made friends, didn't they? You know, but um, So there was they set up these sort of comic scenes in which there was a great big red button in the in the white house and a great big red button at the kremlin and so they could just flip it open just press it as and when they felt like doing so but obviously it never did otherwise it would be Uh, okay so that's (laughs) where it comes from and also there's a song there's a song by frankie goes to hollywood called um two tribes which is about um the the lyrics so when two tribes go to war one is all that you can score. You can score, and that is that. Literally, the video is a is a, a spoof of um, is it Reagan and Gorbachev having wrestling, uh, wrestlings, and all that. Previous presidents of Gorbachev, who was a bit chubbier, um, can't remember his name. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's basically what that's all about. So yes, it's that's the Ronald Reagan um, big red button, which probably never existed. To be fair, he would have just told someone to press it. Anyway, so. Um, and then, of course, we do see that when he takes his, the helmet off, the, the Shaldak bloke, that we get a sort of very CGI sort of head. But and you can tell it's um, it, Nick Briggs doing the voice, can't you? It's very sort of Nick Briggs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very. I, I've always referred to the CGI uh, Ice Warrior as the Cheshire Cat. Yeah, I suppose it is a bit Kirby. Yeah, so I agree with that. Anyway, so um, he gets beamed out the before he gets a chance to press any buttons or anything, his, his team turn up in a big spaceship, a bit like... And he gets beamed <laughs> up. And a submarine gets brought to the surface. <laughs> and they're all right, and they sort of climb out, and this big spaceship leaves, and then uh, Doctor realises, because his sonic screwdriver tells him, that the TARDIS is indeed on Earth, but trouble is, it's at the pole. The South Pole. Uh, well, can we have a lift? I, I do like the reference <laughs> to the hats, though. Right, so the thing I have the tr- trouble with this episode is when the Doctor says to the Captain, can we have a lift, um, how is it supposed to get the submarine to the South Pole when it's a humongous landmass? I know. And not just that, a frozen humongous landmass. That's the only problem I've got with the, with that thing. Because um, obviously if they get the submarine to the edge of the landmass, or ice mass, or both, um, they've got a very, very long walk between then and the actual South Pole to actually he get to the TARDIS. could just call the... Uh, call the TARDIS back using his Sonic. You reckon? Yes, Sonic. Just click his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. He should just be able to snap his fingers, yeah. Okay, right then. So, Cold War. Um, Yeah, it's really good fun. It's it's typical sort of, uh, not just a sort of base 
under siege, but the, the claustrophobia of being within a submarine with a fab cast and um, dark lighting. I don't know if you usually like stuff with dark lighting, but it had to be dark in this episode because they're in a submarine. Um, you can't fault the acting. Uh, to a certain extent, you can't fault the, fault the way they they spared the CGI and just use um, shadows and sounds and dialogue to you know make you feel like that monster was was just at the corner of the screen when he probably wasn't um so that that was really really well done mark gatis wrote this episode by the way um so yeah it's one I, of his I, better I, ones yeah pardon it's one of his better yeah ones. yeah um so yeah I, I felt this is quite doctor who-ish myself um and david warner you can't, for me personally, I'm not going to mark down an episode which has of Doctor Who, which has David Warner in it. And I'm, I could just say, oh, it's, it could be a rubbish episode to have David Warner in it. But no, it was, for me personally, I think it was a cracking, cracking Doctor Who story. And uh, as far as Clara, it being Clara Who, I didn't get that at all. And she did have her, her um, you know, her input into the story where she, she rescued the screwdriver and she was put forward by the Doctor, well, herself or whoever, to, to speak to Sheldrake, but it was still the Doctor in control. Um, and, and she's she hot. chastised at one point when she's trying to get the Doctor to tell her that she did a good job. And, yeah. you know, yeah, are <laughs> down a peg. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I felt it was, I felt this was, this was really really good doctor who stuff so i mean I, I don't usually go for these sort of cold war things i find the cold war itself quite a depressing thing um but they did a good job with it because that it wasn't sort of too oh we must kill the americans duh, 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 and we must press this big red button um they humanized it, it the characters humanizes the, and, the, uh, yeah the soviet side yeah and um that was all good i i, I loved it a lot uh so what did you think of it then Deb? I pretty much agree with you, actually. It's, uh, it starts well, it just keeps going, the pace keeps going, and that's what um, suffers later on in the season, is the pace just drops up, down, up, down, up, down. This one, um, basically, they come out the TARDIS running and they don't really stop. So I quite like that idea. And actually, I, I, was, I remember watching this one the first time round and thinking, no, oh, that was pretty good Doctor Who. Uh, you know, just not really overly paying attention because I think we were eating or doing stuff at the same time. So I came at this one pretty new and um, we watched it again today with subtitles, <laughs> which were hilarious. <laughs> the, the watery hissing was just brilliant. I had to turn it up. I, I was watching something else, but I turned it up to hear what the watery hissing was like and it didn't disappoint. And uh, yeah, it was... I just really like the use of the music. The acting is absolutely stellar yeah, from everybody. Class. It makes everybody raise their game when you've got someone like absolutely. David Warner on set. And well, these guys are all, yep. all now it's amazing really well since then they're all actors, doing well. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. they're yeah. very young in this, but yeah. they've all gone on to great things, yeah. all of them, like you were saying. And yeah. it's, it's just a really cracking episode of Doctor Who, but it could actually probably have been longer. And that's the first time I've said that for a long time. Mm. No, I you could have got okay. more out of it. You could have done more with yeah, the sea water. It does go at such yeah. a uh, ice because it does go at such yeah. a lick. Yeah, it was yeah. a. Yeah. I think you know they for me they they really did do the ice warriors credit. Yeah, because the ice warriors have mm. yes. not been yeah. in the bit. Yeah, for I so love the two. Yeah. Love the you know you've got your proper classic yeah. Doctor Who monster being able to interfere with all the. Yeah, you know, the bits coming out of his fingers were just brilliant. Yeah, and, you know, it's very, a bit borgish. Yeah. 
Yeah, just yeah. really. Yeah, it was a proper yeah. good, fun mm-hmm. episode of Doctor Who, a solid episode of Doctor Who, made infinitely better because it's got David Warner in it. Absolutely. So yeah, even the music was good. So brilliant. Yes, yeah, I, I like one. I will have to say though. I mean, I'm, I called it Wet War on the. Um, the blurb for this particular live show simply because everybody was soaking wet throughout the whole episode did anybody catch a cold kirby uh no okay right. they didn't mention it okay what did you think oh, of it I was then? out in that torrential rain we had today and i got it was warm wet it, it was, was very muggy sort of ter- yeah it was very strange wasn't it because all the windows we were steaming up at the shop yeah. anyway kirby what did in, you in, think in the, in the making of they they said they had a great deal of fun getting wet okay. so anyway kirby what did you think of it uh, despite my complaining about the TARDIS translation, uh, I I like this one. In wow. fact, I like this one better than the than the second Ice Warrior one from the modern era. Uh, wow! Even though Dang that man. one that one's got Alpha Centauri. <laughs> yeah, go on, come on. I, the, the second Ice Warrior one does have Alpha Centauri, which just oh, made me grin. But uh, it. This it's it's got a good pace. It's got great acting. Uh, it's it's got um, David Warner. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was fantastic just yeah. to have David Warner. Yeah, it's funny you should say. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Bums. Sorry. What were we talking about just a minute ago? It made me think of something I was going to say. Alpha you, Centauri. Yeah, Alpha Well done, Kirby. Right, and so... No, did, to, <laughs> Alpha Centauri is played by Stuart Fell, I believe. Not the voice, obviously, but the, the body. Now, Stuart Fell, uh, I was watching a, a thing on... I think it was Channel 5 about some others do have um, uh, stunts and secrets behind the scenes and stuff like that. And Stuart oh, Fell was yeah. on it and talking about the, the various stunts he didn't do because Michael Crawford did all, all the, stunt, the main stunts himself. But he, he was a stunt coordinator on the programme, so he sort of trained Michael to do these stunts. Uh, so it was lovely to see he's still very well. So good old Stuart Fell. What right, I then. liked when they did bring Alpha Centauri back was they found the woman who did the voice. Yeah. What, what, uh, 40 years later. Oh, right then. So uh, I suppose so we'd better see what people are saying on the live feed. So, no. Oh, you've got to deal with... You've got to play... Mary's introduction. I think this is my show, Kirby. Uh, hang on, let's check, check the. Uh, I think there's a bit of paperwork around here somewhere. Whose show is it? Anyway, all uh, right then. So, uh, what have we got up to? We've got to. Oh, we've got this. I've got to play this theme tune. Tim says, Wet War? Is this some exciting Doctor Who story I've not seen? Yes. Well, it's this one. Um, Lillian Robin, I've looked into cosplaying Clara in this episode, but there aren't good pics of her dress because she wears that Russian coat most of the time. Um, I will pass your annoyances off to the uh, the rele- relevant, relevant, re- the authorities. Um, but in the meantime. Uh, Mary, what did you think? Well, I, I did not hate this one. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. Oh I thought God. it was very atmospheric. Oh, for a little talk. And I, I wouldn't necessarily credit Mark Gatiss. I mean, it was well written, um, but, you know, he, he had to squeeze it into like a 45 minutes. 
Um, but the director is the one I get want to give the, you know, the credit okay. to because he's the one that Good creates, job. you know, the visuals yeah. and, and all that that we get to see. Um, so um, what was I going to say? One thing I did enjoy, and this may give uh, Lillian a little boost, is I loved the doctor and Clara arriving out of the TARDIS all dressed for Vegas. Yes, she's called Vegas. Oh. A gold kind of evening gown, and they had sunglasses, and they were—they actually both were very fifties looking as they emerged, yeah. um, and then discovered that they were not actually in Las Vegas. Ow. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my cat just stabbed me. <laughs> I thought you said he went into Michael Jackson for a second there. Sorry, Mary. So I, I think the the monster was made all the scarier because we did not see him except little bits of him at times. Um, so that was also that was well done. And in a in a previous Mark Gatiss story, when the monster was apparent, like almost from the beginning, it it became ridiculous very quickly. So uh, uh, I, I like the way that uh, the monster, you know, was exposed only a little at a time. Um, and the, my one big argument, though, is what the doctor says to Clara when uh, she wants to, you know, like, go get get on the TARDIS. Let's, you know, let's go back. Let's do, you know, let's go to a different time. And the doctor is saying, um, we, we can't, what is it? Um, we have to stay with this um, because it will change history. And she says, well, you know, what about me, you know? what'll happen to me and and he never really answers her but he says that that all of history can be changed so the first thing in my mind is well what happened to fixed points in time and would she actually disappear if uh you know if they if they did change or did not change this whatever I just got totally thrown by the doctor acting like there's absolutely no limits that all of time can be changed and the first so, doctor very specifically said you can't change one bit. Yeah, yeah. So the doctor's concept of what they can change in time seems to, I guess, play to whatever the you know, whatever the <laughs> yeah, di- just, dictates. Just you know, one minute we've got multiverse and issue. Time we've got you can't change a single thing, mm. and now we can change anything. So, yeah. So that's my only argument is that being part of the the script. But other than that, I really did enjoy it. I, and, uh, yeah, I did enjoy Clara being taken down a peg by the doctor mm-hmm. when she was, you know, fishing for a compliment. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I think. Well, thank you, Mary. So uh, that moves us on to the next part of the show, uh, which was coordinated by Mr. Kirby Bartlett Sloan. Well, I've got two uh, two posts asking for feedback yeah, and very cool. little feedback. No. Uh from the picture I posted last week was Clara with the claws around her head. Yeah. So Terry Miles says Clara with mud and chops. I posted, <laughs> posted a link to the making of the behind the scenes. Terry Miles, any idea when recording will take place? Whenever I say so. <laughs> and that, but he's Terry Miles says, Oh, good guess. Which Island I'll be on that weekend. Is he there? I don't know. Is he there? Are you here? Oh, are you Terry? here? Because if you are, I'm so sorry about the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me go to the other one. A few more comments. All comments. Uh, Andy Nunny says, I did feedback last week. Yeah, not bothered about that, Andy. Thank you. Ter- Terry Miles says, you're not the only one, Andy. No, not bothered uh, about Mr. that Mr. M either. says, yeah. be whoop. 
And Terry Miles says, please see feedback and email posted. No, I'm not going to bother with that. Thank you, everybody. No. And that's it. That's it. That's that's it. Isn't it? Okay. For that. Thanks for going yeah. very quiet very quickly, Kirby. Uh, talking of audio feedback, we're going to try this one and see how it goes. Well, good afternoon, Tony McIvard and Sandy Mimi here. Uh, it's uh, about mm-hmm. three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Did the iron this morning, able to sit down. We are definitely making progress. And I watched Cold War. Now, Cold War is 90% a pretty good episode. It has an interesting start with Submarine. You, you find there's this thing on there, you don't know what it is. The Doctor and Clara turn up and they go, Viva Slavis, and get promptly soaking wet. And Clara, with all that clearing wet, clearing clear, and they go, God, then you're disgusting, aren't you? Anyway, moving swiftly on. Now, it turns out, obviously, they've landed on a submarine in the middle of the 1980s, I'm guessing, sort of Cold War time. Um, it's dated because of a David Warner character referencing Duran Duran and Ultravox. I just saw Ultravox live once. It was a boring band. I never saw that. No stage band. What that was, this is, that was, this is, and very mechanical music. But hey, that's life. Enough of my woes. Um, and of course, they've walked into a situation where the people are suspicious of them. Some people trust them. Some people don't. They want them shot. You know, it's fairly formulaic. But I think it's good because it's actually, you know, by using the Cold War scenario, something that uh, certainly I think all of us, we, you know, we lived through that area, era, era, era. And we can remember what it's like in the days when the, the, the um, Iron Curtain was up. You had the Berlin Wall. You had total distrust. I, I don't know what the nuclear clock was at, but um Perhaps wasn't quite as bad as in the 60s, the Bay of Pigs and the, uh, you know, the 30 seconds from destruction type of thing. But weapons of mutual destruction, yeah, we all knew about that and we all lived through it. And so you know how, it, you know, it could have happened and well, it might happen now with different rogue states. But uh, I thought the Ice Warrior coming on was, was very well done. I mean, it really did look like the classic Ice Warrior. First time we've seen the Ice Warrior on the outside, you see what the Warrior looks like. So, yeah, I never realised before that it is actually... Um, part really part of cyborg in a way because it's somebody inside inside a protective suit, so it's not like the side men who have been converted. Well, Medard has been converted, but presumably, uh, when do they actually get to take the suit off? And you know, it's, and also interesting in the fact that it's, it's dishonoured to be outside of your suit. So why do you do it? And this question of honour does obviously come up several times because you know it's. Uh, Will you want to remember, does he want to be remembered as a murderer, you know, rather than someone who killed with honour? Yeah, pillars lots of tyrants. So and that is possibly what happened at the end. But it goes through and you've got, obviously, very claustrophobia being a submarine. And uh, Stephen Moffat did say he wanted to do one on a submarine, as did, uh, um, I think say Neil Gaiman, Neil Gattis. Mark Gattis, even, I'll get his name right in a second. Because it does really tighten you in, you know, you can't go anywhere else. So... Can't imagine they use many sets, and they did say they use models on it as well. But it made it very tight and very taut. And uh, how come it took them so long to find the blue in the ice warrior? Because you know, again, there can't be many places to hide. I think it went, yeah, it went along. It kept you going. It was tight, and the doctor trying to persuade the ice warrior not to blow the ship up, and saying, "Look, you know, we dishonour to you." It's just the last part in a couple of minutes when he got teleported away. First moment of seeing an ice wall, you teleport. And how often do you actually see teleports on Doctor Who anyway? It's not that often, is it? You know, I think it is stretching things a little bit. But how, after 5,000 years, was that ice wall spaceship suddenly able to come and pick him up and collect him? It just. It's a it science fantasy TV work program. And, you know, it would have been more interesting if uh, the ice wall, you know, decided, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to kill myself because I've got nothing to live for, which perhaps was where he was going, you know, he was, you know he, I think he knew if he destroyed the Earth, he would go as well, the, the ultimate sacrifice, but from that point of view, it was a bit disappointing. But at the end, where it's, can we have a lift to the pole, the South Pole, 
yeah, it's going to take a bit of time to get there, even in a nuclear-powered submarine, which I suppose it would have been. But anyway, that was my thoughts, and um, enjoyed it. Wasn't a brilliant one, could have been a lot worse. It just those last few minutes could have been could have been a lot better. Oh, and I enjoyed all the cricket banter as well, so uh, I wonder why you said wake up, Andy, at one point, Adam, but uh, now I understand it. And I don't know if you knew this, but the 2020 Cricket World Cup in 2024 is being jointly hosted by the West Indies and... The USA, so oh, that'd be maybe. rubbish then, wouldn't it? Have a look round. There may be a match near you. T20 matches generally last about between three and four hours. So, uh, you know, just right for the um, where for someone who's where? Uh, the USA, Kirby. Yeah, but where? In the USA, he said. I don't know. We don't follow cricket. Not bother. What do you want to know that for? You're not going to be going to watch any of them, are you? For goodness' sake, it'd be rubbish. Yes, what a stupid idea right, having it in the states. There's a there's a big cricket uh, complex uh, maybe 20 miles from me. So yep. I might if it if they use that. Yeah, right. Uh, right then, um, who have I said that? I've sent, I've sent something to Debbie um, from somebody who may be uh, nearby. We also have feedback from Robert. Yeah, you can do that one in a minute, me old friend. Go on then, Deb. <laughs> okay, Mark Gatiss, Brian Hales, and of course Moffat wrote this one. I think there might be another <laughs> warrior he? story brewing from Gatiss. Don't think he did, did he? Um, sorry. He said Moffat wrote this one. Mark Gatiss, Brian Hales, and of course Moffat. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. A Russian sub doing archaeological work during the Cold War. Oh, well, it is Doctor Who. There is always an idiot that has to be the first to look at something, and this one got his comeuppance. (laughs) I like that. Yes, sir. That looks like an old-time ice warrior. About time they used a brilliant adversary. Why has Captain Zukov got a high-powered Browning automatic pistol? It should be a Soviet pistol. No. Please note, everybody, it's the same as with aircraft. If you are in a pressurised container, do not fire a pistol or rifle. No. You have to love the way the TARDIS felt the presence of the Ice Warrior and activated the HADS and relocated to the other side of the planet. Yes. <laughs> That's it, I'm off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no wonder Clara was confused about speaking Russian. At the last stop, she couldn't understand half the people she met. David Warner is the very hip Russian professor Grzenko gave a light humour to a dark situation. Amazing how appearing in Doctor Who starts off people's careers. Yeah. <laughs> Going on about on again, James Norton and of course yeah, James Norton, Louise. that's who it was, thinking of you as well. Yeah. Some great lines in this one. Oh Professor, I could kiss you, sighing, if you must. <laughs> With days off. Hair, shoulder pads, nukes, it's the nineteen eighties, everything's bigger. Yeah. This story is a typical base under siege. Skaldak managed to whittle the crew down quite well. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the Doctor had never seen a naked ice warrior. If this was Star Trek, the original series, Kirk would have. <laughs> yeah, and, and he probably would have kissed them as well. Yeah. Note to Douglas McKinnon, the Russian missile subs did not use Polaris missiles like the ones shown when the silo doors open and close. Oh. Also, at 700 metres, the pressure would have crushed the missiles. Oh, Off God. you go, Kirby. Yeah, whatever. The Ice Warrior spaceship looked great. Have we ever seen one? I don't remember seeing one before. Yeah. Well, I don't think we have, have we? I have something to say about this Ice Warrior spaceship, but just remind me, I have to say it, because I'm going to forget by the time we get to the end of this blurb. Okay, well, I've got, like, three little bits left. The TARDIS is parked at the pole, the South Pole. Can you give us a lift? They can pop up near the North Pole, but the South Pole is a long way inland. Next up, Hyde, and there's a young lady who would become a midwife, Linda and Terry. So what are you going to say about the spaceship? Well, I know somebody made a point, didn't they, about... Oh, as Andy said about, oh, uh, 5,000 years 
I don't know how the spaceship turned up after 5,000 years. Well, I think the message was set, but it was a spaceship that's a current spaceship rather than the one that yes. was 5,000 5, yeah, years yeah, ago. That's what I thought. Yeah. Just Because they are, they are still alive. Yes, they yeah. are, because we've seen that, haven't we? Um, <laughs> right, so that bit of blurb is still loading, so we'll have to move on to the next part of the feedback section, which is... Oh, I've lost it. Terry. Shall we do this one? I've got a bit of music I can play for this. So I'm having... This is the stuff I do behind the scenes, Kirby. I don't mention exactly what I'm doing. I just give a hint that I'm doing something. Okay, right then. clacking. Yeah, it's me clicking my blimmin' mouse. Right. I, I, I don't follow... I don't watch the... Hello, Twenty Megabuck Podcast. is in Kirk. Hello, Ian. Cold War by Matt Gatiss. This reminds me of the hunt for Red October, but without Sean Connery's Scottish accent. <laughs> David Tennant could have done that. I'm yeah. sure sorry. <laughs> there was a Barbie doll. That is topical. Yes, please. There was Duran Duran, named after a sci-fi character. Yes, indeed. Yes. Oh, yeah. trapped From Barbarella. With an ice warrior. A bit Brilliant like he was that. once trapped underground with a Dalek in the story called Dalek. Liam Cunningham played the captain. He played Davos in Game of Thrones. That's not the creator of the Daleks. Then <laughs> there's a bit something. With the Ice Warrior ship turning up to teleport Skaldak away. Bye for now. That was Ian uh, um, reciting his own feedback, uh, some of which uh, was a very good always, observation. Always welcome. Always welcome. He is. Yes, I'm just going to check down the list so I've missed anything because where we've had the gap and people sent the feedback in for last week um, I don't think I missed anything so I think we've got all right with that one Alan T. Butcher still hasn't sent anything in uh, we heard Robert yet oh yes Kirby you were going to do Robert's beat yes. track uh, he says so Cold War not a, not really a very exciting episode really the Ice Warrior is very imposing I still don't like the idea of it coming out of its armour and think it's something they should, shouldn't have shown hmm they were wise to show little of it outside the armor. And they had this horribly stupid thing that I absolutely hate to see with villains in New Who, and that is to have them snarling, snarling like pantomime villains. At least they keep the armor looking similar to the classic series. The issues were very much of the time, 1983, hmm. though I never did feel the pressure of things. It does help that it's a one-episode New Who story, as this could have been built up. As it is... As it is, it has so little time to introduce the villain, the scenario, have some action, and convey the threat. So it has to hurdle through things. Poor old David Warner had little to do, really. Not one of my favorite stories, but then I don't hate it either. No. Well, thank you, Robert. I suppose that's a positive, more or less. All right. He's, um... he's, he's, he's really doesn't like this era. Yeah, he's making a point of, of doing it on purpose, so, isn't he? I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, right, so uh, the next bit of feedback is audio feedback. If you want to send in, or this is, I haven't said this for years, but if you want to send audio feedback into the show, please send it via 20mb.feedback at gmail.com because it does enhance 
the, the section, apart from the fact we can just sit back and listen uh, and not feel pressured into reading stuff, which should also be quite <laughs> nice, if you could send via the, the, the 20mbfeedback at gmail.com or via the Facebook page that if, if Kirby lets you into, into the group. Um, all right, I'm just going to rub my eye. Uh, I've been using delaying tactics in this section of the show because Mr. M has sent uh, some audio through, but as we know, Mr. M has not worked out how to up the recording levels on his recording device. Uh, so I preempted this, uh, loaded it into Adobe Audition, and whacked up the uh, recording levels, hoping there's not going to be too much hiss. So here we go. Ultravox, do they split up? Cold War by Mark. Gattis. <laughs> Good evening, 20 Megabyte Podcasters. It's Mr. M here with a review of Cold War. I'm not really the biggest fan of the Ice Warriors. I generally find them just kind of lumbering and hissing around and not really that interesting. I don't really like that many of the other stories in which they appear, although I am currently only halfway through Curse of Peladon and they're pretty great in that, so maybe I just don't like stories where they're the villains. Having said that, I do like this story probably best of the episodes that they appear in, appear in, even though it's a pretty average episode of Doctor Who. It's a nice idea to see the monsters outside of their casings, despite the shortcomings of the design. Margatus has said that they were not expecting the dimensions to be quite so mismatched between the inside and outside of the creature. But that aside, it's a nice idea. Um, the face in particular, I think, looks really good. Um, the setting of the submarine at the height of the Cold War is nice. Claustrophobic, tense. There's a lot of good water acting throughout this story. Matt Smith is at his best. He's really got his doctor down to a fine art by this point. Jenna Coleman is hot. Yeah. And it's a bit odd that she <laughs> spends most of the time... Wet hanging around in that dress, although they were dressed for, for Las Vegas. Um, a bit similar to The Idiot's Lantern, um, which is another Margatus episode. Bit of a recurring theme there. There's some interesting guest actors in this story. Um, this is not a two-doctor story, but it is a two-Philip story. Poor Charles, if you're stupid like Debbie. That's going to really bother me. Um, Oh, what is his name? Ah, oh, I can't remember. I really should have done some research before I started watching this. But uh, he also, he took over from Matt Smith as, as Philip for the third and fourth series of The Crown. What is his name? Hey, that's that guy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, It'll come to me. Stick with that guy. You've also got Liam Cunningham. I don't have Wikipedia open, um, sorry. He also played Devil Seaworth in Game of Thrones as the captain. I don't really think that much of it him as an actor he kind of plays the same character all the time but hey the character suits this episode so that's fine david warner is utterly utterly wasted in the role of professor grishenko i feel like he first of all i he if if he's not going to play the doctor in doctor who he really should be playing a bad guy really a shame that the late great david warner is tucked away as some weird 80s pop music loving <sighs> I mean he's fine the role's slightly memorable I guess it just felt like he deserved much better 
overall, Tobias Menzies. There we go. I knew it would come to me. I knew it would come to me. Tobias Menzies. Anyway, um, it's pretty average. Um, the story does kind of stop. It's a shame we only get one Ice Warrior, but it's a bit like the Dalek for to um to the parting of the ways. We get a fair more Ice Warriors when they come back in Empress of Mars. So yeah, can't complain too much. Next week we have a haunted house and oh, one of my favourite stories from this series with Hyde. See then. Thank you, Mr. M. I. E. Brandon, for sending in that audio. It's always very nice to get audio. But isn't it's it, everybody? not really haunting. It's just. Oh, shut up, Kirby. <laughs> no, the thing that stands out about well, obviously the, the end of this episode is a little preview for next week. Um, uh, the fact that we've got um, somebody from Call the Midwife and somebody from um, Desperate Housewives uh, in the actual episode. And but, yeah, yeah, Mission Impossible is in as well. Ding, 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 yeah. and that's not like not music for Mission Impossible, is it? Um, um, I don't, 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 don't. That's it, isn't it. Anyway, so that's a more. I think it concludes our feedback section. I'm just double checking. Nobody said anything interesting on the. Ooh. There's been a few posts, I think, but nothing well, new. Wish. Here we go. We've got. Oh, hang on, it's stuck. Um, where do we get up to? All oh, right, so Lillian, Robin about Clara, and then it's um, Lillian saying there are a couple of pictures of the dress online. It's very beautiful. Terry Marl said he's behind you. Don't know what that means by that. Uh, it's not we're not in a panto. Um, Lillian, Robin, there's a cat behind me. And Neil James, hi everyone. Just wanted to say uh, sorry I've stopped leaving feedback. Not good enough, Neil. Oh, I struggle alone. with that Moffat era. Redeem yourself, start sending in some feedback. Yes, thank you, Mary. I, I struggle with that Moffat era, and I just bore everyone with my moaning. Well, someone's got to moan, apart from me. Uh, please, but please know that I'm still listening and still loving the podcast. You all continue to be bloody splendid. Well, one of us does. Uh, Lillian Robbins says, I, for one, would appreciate you still leaving feedback, Neil. But I understand if you don't want to. All feedback is interesting to me. Well, I'll have to write, stop put, sending in some Everyone feedback. is allowed their opinion, and we are absolutely and allowed. I, I quite accept that, that people are not <laughs> going to like the Moffat era. Um, so, but I'm just quite interested that so far I've quite enjoyed most of the episodes of this series. Now, I just love Matt Smith in his in his sort of purple coat. Uh, um, uh, what's the word for it? presentation i suppose of the doctor and um yeah i'm, I'm quite liking it so far uh, this particular series at least so right that moves well, us we, i'm looking ahead and we, we've got some more good ones but we also have a couple of real yeah, but you, get the, you know when when you subliminally remember because of the bad ones for some reason the bad ones really taint the good ones and for some reason we seem to only remember the fact that there were bad ones rather than some, there were just some bad ones. I know when we get to the Chibnall era, and there'll be interesting when we do get to the Chibnall era, how that pans out, because I, I remember, I, I'm traumatised by the, the Chibnall era, but I know there are some real good um, exceptions to the rule within yes. that particular package of, of Jodie episodes. And I miss Jodie. Uh, um, having met her uh, and... 
I, I just think she's just a, a dynamic person, and, and, and I miss the fact. I'm, I'm grateful that we had her playing the 13th Doctor. I just feel that she was let down, and I hope that, you know, if it would have a multi-doctor story somewhere in the past they'll bring her back and uh, maybe potentially a, a decent writers for for her to play her version of the doctor in and maybe maybe big finish maybe nick briggs can write some good stuff for her. fingers crossed day and who, who knows the the two that i see coming up in this era that i i'm thinking are bad i may like them better now 10 years later yeah i'm not sure see i mean i know we always go into eras with, with a degree of hope. Uh, but again, I, I feel, you know, you're looking at that first series of the 13th Doctor. We had a couple of really good ones. And then that story that you keep on banging on about being terrible, you know, when they go out and that, I can't remember what it's called now. There was, it was like a dome of some variety. What was that one called, Kirby? From I'm not sure what you're talking about. The episode of Doctor Who that Jodie's in that you detest. The one that has child in it. Um, oh, oh, that's the worst. One well, of the worst Doctor Who episodes yeah, I know. of all so time. So what's it called? Uh, Orphan Fifty Five. Right. So I'm saying that this is the yeah, thing. Right? I knew so, had a child. I think he enjoys time. it next time round. No, I don't think he will. But no. No. I mean, I'm, I'm. I think it's difficult to see how things pan out because. Uh, most of the time I'm, I'm watching these and, and thinking, oh, God, it's another Moffat story. Oh, God, what am I, how am I going to think of this one? But um, so far, I'm enjoying the stories, uh, but just picking up on a few sillinesses to a certain degree. Um, so you enjoyed The Rings of Akaten? It was OK. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, I, I, I remember I didn't like it when I first saw it and now I like it. Uh, well, I don't quite well, go that far. There are, as, there are aspects of it I enjoy. Orphan 55, Orphan 55 is, is too much. Benny! Where's Benny? Well, we're, we're looking, we'll wait for that when we get to it. But <laughs> we'll just see how it goes. I mean, there's things I'm looking forward to as we're, we're sort of getting into this sort of part of uh, Doctor Who. We've only got a handful of Smith episodes left, and then we come into the Capaldi era. And I know... There are people that really do not like Peter Capaldi. I do, personally. I prefer it when people call him by his proper name, which is Capaldi, not Capaldi, but, I mean, you know, tomato, tomato. But, you know, it's like Lewis Capaldi. It's got the same name as a cousin, so, so why are they calling him Lewis Capaldi? I think even Lewis Capaldi's got fed up with people calling him Lewis... Oh, no, I'm saying it. Lewis Capaldi's got a people fed up. He taught but, us how to say it, really. Okay. Capaldi. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Peter because <clears throat> I remember when uh, you and I, Debbie, met Peter at yeah. uh, the Doctor Who celebration, and, and I felt that there was a, a buzz that of of we like this Doctor when yeah. at that event, uh, and now I'm getting a buzz that people are thinking, well, I really didn't like um, um, his his Doctor. Um, I felt I the, maybe the, the first. I didn't like the way he was written for quite a while. Yeah, um, but that then. Would, that, he, I think he could the same with Jodie, though, isn't it? It, it? It's a case of, oh right, the Doctor's rubbish because the, now the, the writing makes the Doctor rubbish. I didn't feel that that either Doctor was rubbish. I think there was a few idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies of the Thirteenth Doctor was slightly irritating. You know, like the yeah. uh, funny word, well, sort of wrinkling oh, a I, mouth I, up. But I, sorry, I felt the Twelfth Doctor got better when he got the new companion. Yeah, Bill. Suddenly, was the Doctor again? You know. Yeah, but I'm remembering that. Is it was it Heaven Sent? Um, 
that episode and and things yeah, like that. Hated Scent. Hated that one. Did you? What was the other? There was a two yeah, episodes together, wasn't it, where he was banging through that block of ice for Hellbent, Hellbent. and Heaven Sent. That's yeah, those yeah, two yeah. episodes. I hated all of those. The, the block yeah. of ice episode. Heaven Sent is one of the best uh, Doctor Who episodes of all like time. That long no. break a piece of glass. Well, uh, you have sometimes, sometimes, um, what's your name again, Debbie? So it's it's Groundhog Day, wasn't it? So he wasn't aging. He he was just going back and repeating. But, um, and it's it's definitely a Groundhog Day thing. I don't. I, I like that the skulls. You've got to admit, the skulls was cracking when you realised who who it was. (laughs) No, I I liked that episode and the way it was done. I no, I just. I just love Groundhog Day, so I suppose it was, it was well, a first we, of Groundhog will, Day within Doctor Who. We will uh, attack that one you know, a little. I just feel certain that if you managed to find a blowtorch instead of an axe, it might have got through the ice a bit quicker. But He was using his hand. It's a romantic story, Kirby. All right, what else have we got coming through? Oh, we've got, oh I've done that one. Sorry, I was going to re- re-read out Lillian's uh, comments. on it. We've got some viewers this week. What's the matter? Nothing, there's rugby on the telly. Be watching like England. Yes, I know. England are playing Japan. <laughs> you are um, very honoured to have me. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'm going to be watching myself in a minute. But anyway, right. So, uh, where did we get up to? So, we're uh, just having a minor conversation about the fact that I personally am quite enjoying what I'm watching at the moment and loving Matt Smith, uh, loving Jenna Coleman, loved Amy and Rory. Um, so, I'm a bit sort of now starting to get a bit worried that I'm actually going to quite like the stuff I've been moaning about for. Last <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't mind. I love Doctor Who. Um, right. Okay. So Fantasy Con is coming up quite fast. Before I move on to the next section, um, I am having because of my mother's business and uh, still having five weddings to w- try and finish off potentially before the before the event. Struggling big time to get to get it publicised and 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 work behind the scenes on it. So it is obviously happening, but it's you know people don't know it's there because I haven't got time to tell people it's there. So it's a bit of a worry personally. Uh, so if you if uh, what you listeners and and, and sidekicks could do, obviously the British ones, um, is to share any fancy con posts you I see to share to. them um because people see things and hopefully am i doing the table it. again this year uh good hey um the other thing <laughs> is i'd like to say thank you to i think it's just taking as red with adam that i'm doing yeah. it oh, I, I, I presume that was going to be the I, i'd do it if you guys could well, fly if, me there you'd probably be sat, <laughs> sat with Valile because um Valile is supposed to be our special guest and she's supposed to be within that area but it might change yeah. at the time but that's my my thinking on it well tom can look after her <laughs> um i forgot what's going to say now damn uh Publicising, getting it, getting it mentioned no, behind the scenes. I've already said that, but um, doll. Uh, I've forgotten. The fact that oh, one well, of no your more. stars is in one of the most best received Netflix programs ever, and we've got him at the con. Have, have we? Who? What? Craig. What's his Not surname? On Netflix, is it? No, isn't that that film you're referring yeah, to? One which piece. is One Piece is amazing. Oh, One Piece. No, I'm talking about the the film that's just come out. It's been advertised as being a cinema. Oh yeah, yeah, that it's one as well. It's Rise of well, the Foot, Rise of the Foot Soldier, um, Vengeance, isn't it? That's just come out and it's going to be in um, in Cineworld this week. So, um, hopefully, people that go and see him in that film at Cineworld will think, oh, he's at Fancy Gone. Let's go and meet him. Um, yeah, he has sort of he has very strongly indicated he's he's coming, which is good. Um, and 
Yeah, God, I'm going to probably need to buy a few tickets. I've got Isla's friends going. Yeah, Can Roy's, I come and help Roy's got a con? Dalek, by the way. But he's um, when you see this Dalek, there's a certain degree of deformation. Deformation, that's a word, yeah. So when when he bought it, it was missing a few of the little half circular things around its sort of lower section. Um, he's invested in some replacements, but hasn't quite looked at what a Dalek's design is. And he's just sort of thrown these little circular things on in not quite the right way. Everybody knows that the, those circles are all lined up perfectly around the in lines around the Dalek. The Dory's one, the bottom ones are just, oh, I'll put that one there, that one there, that one and there, and that one there. Not quite in line. So it's a bit of a weird one. But it's very distinctive, shall we say. So anyway, that Dalek will be at FancyCon along with the, the TARDIS and... Uh, because we have got a Doctor Who's own, like I say, Valile is supposed to be there again. Whether she comes or not, I don't know because she's very difficult to get hold of. Um, we've got uh, VR gaming, which we've bought ourselves along with. Oh yeah, um, snacks and ladders are coming along uh, to um, enhance the board game zone. Uh, we've got Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the Isle of Wight Dungeons and Dragons players coming along to show how you play Dungeons and Dragons, and you know, hopefully rope some new members in or whatnot. Um, along with the retro gaming and all the other um, fab activities we've got at the event. Uh, the other thing is, most Isle of Wight events have been sort of rained off this summer. This one won't because it's all indoors. And we've got lots of lovely caterers as well. So there's lots of food, lots of fun and stuff. To so, uh, fantasycon.net. Um, oh, that's what, that's what you nearly made me forget. Um, Red Funnel, our, our illustrious sponsors, ha have uh, done a special offer where you can, if you're on the mainland, get uh, 20% off your travel. So I think it's about 20 quid. Oh, wow, that's on, nice. On Alan T. Butcher, you can stay at ours if you want to come over. He won't. He doesn't write feedback anymore. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> he doesn't like us anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Busy with his new councillor position. <laughs> uh, it's no excuse. He's been a councillor for a while. Um, yeah, so... If you're on the mainland, he's still expected. I think that he was uh, having issues with Ben. <clears throat> oh, was he? Well, Ben's not on for the moment, so he can come back. I know, but he may not know that since he's hasn't been writing in. Well, he could listen to the show. I mean, we are a podcast, for goodness sake. Anyway, back to FantasyCon. God, what was I saying? What, somebody remind me, please. Oh, there, it's Red Funnel. God, yes, yeah, so Red Funnel are <laughs> uh, doing. Um, um, a, a nice deal for people travelling from the mainland, um, uh, a quite a substantial reduction actually, uh, along with helping us with bringing our guests across um, the water as well. So um, they've been a great help. Uh, they have asked, oh yeah, there's a Joker, the Joker Squad have agreed to come, which is all our Star Wars cosplayers from the mainland, um, but we just need to get all their number plates so that, again they can come across. So if they come, that'd be really fab because I know Les is on the Isle of Wight and he's sort of been a bit of a liaison. This is Les Elmore. It's been a bit of a liaison between um, the Joker Squad and, and us, uh, and Les would go anyway. But he's, if, he, if the Joker Squad are coming, he's going to be uh, in the Star Wars costume. If they're not, he would be the Brigadier, I suspect, once again at the event. So that's a fantasy com. Um, make an effort to come along. Might be the last one. Because Why would it be busy. the last one? Well, because I'm too busy. It's obvious I haven't got time during the busy wedding season to organise an event. Just saying. Um, and also, Heroes Con is in April, and um, I'm, I'm, you know, they obviously have got time to organise there. It's probably easier to organise an event which is in April. We can't have ours at the same time as them, can we? No. Moving on. 
Doctor Who news I was going to load up because I'm pretty sure we haven't done that for a while because I keep on seeing little hints uh, about Doctor Who coming. There's been some little codes being dropped by the BBC uh, um, in between programmes. Um, yes, the has. Shut up, Deb. Right then, so we'll move on to <laughs> Doctor Who news. Doctor Who magazine issue 595 features returning companion Bonnie Langford. I do consent, thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's going to be in a new series, isn't she? But she's not screaming on the cover. I don't know if she's going to scream in Doctor Who. Um, oh, Bliminek, I, I told it, I did, you know when it comes up, do you consent to cookies? I said yes, and then it went on to another page of stuff I'm not the slightest bit interested in. Oh, God. I'm just waiting for it to reload Doctor Who news. Ah, here we are. Redicate, red, a redacted podcast return. Redacted. It comes up another yeah. in pop up. Go away. Um, redacted podcast returns for a second series. Um, the Doctor Who podcast will return next week with six episodes to celebrate the show's 60th anniversary. The second series of Doctor Who Redacted, made by BBC Studios for BBC Sounds, will be available from the 18th of September. Not far away then. Juno I don't Dawson. think I've ever heard Doctor Who redacted. No, I never have either. No, nor have I, because uh, it's not worth listening to when uh, the best Doctor Who podcast is already out there, isn't it? Um, anyway, yes. like I say, Juno Dawson returns as the lead writer alongside stars Charlie Craggs, Lois writer member who, who writes Holly. a podcast exactly <laughs> well, you mean probably, people get scripts it's probably it's probably jokes <laughs> Debbie. Everybody winged it. <laughs> jokes dear jokes um series two welcomes a host of guest stars from the world of doctor who and beyond including freddie carter and jill mahindra dervla kerwin of course she was the red red lady in the the one that um, my children the lilies in and alexander armstrong I'm not going to read Mr. Um, I think that's about it, because the next one dates back to the 20th of August. That's so right. Bit, at least there was a little bit on there to, to read out. Yeah. Now, the... Um, what, what is it called? Um, don't know. Doctor there's Who? A, there's, a, there's a YouTube channel uh, that does Doctor Who stuff that... I, darn, I don't remember their name, but they've been doing a lot of stuff about how the... As far as they know... How the Disney Plus stuff is going to work? Oh, okay. Although they're they're oh. not completely sure, but they're they're putting out all the information that that they can. I'm looking forward to it. I know Sex Education is starting back up on Netflix, and of course, um, uh, shoot shoot is in it. Um, so if anybody wants to watch that. Yeah. What do you mean by how it's going to work? I mean, is there some special some code you have to put in? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The, the, there's, it. Remember, it's going to turn up i mean i like the fact that you can watch programs on disney plus like ahsoka every week it'll be fine don't worry about it well you you probably you guys probably in britain will probably not see it on disney plus yeah because no, you guys will be, be on the bbc on, on the bbc right i'll be yeah. seeing it on both hmm? well, no well, it's not on that it's not on disney plus in in the uk so. right fair enough yeah it will not be on disney plus in the uk no Unless right. you uh, <laughs> use a VPN. As us told, Jesus. <laughs> but, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of people... We've got it on original BBC. Yes. Mm-hmm. No adverts. But oh, they're not on no adverts on Netflix. Are there's they? complaints. I, I wish we still had Australians uh, pop in to... Well, it's just the wrong time of day for them. <laughs> yeah, you tell her. Uh, because uh, 
Oh, there's a lot of Australians complaining about about the uh, Disney Plus thing because all of a sudden they're going to have to pay for the first time ever uh, to see Doctor Who because they what? don't have a license fee. Oh, uh, that was that their their licenses were the license fee was give was abandoned many many years ago. It's paid the ABC is paid for by taxes. So they've had free Doctor Who, and now they're going to have to pay for that. Oh, never mind. Right then. Um, right, so what was I up to, Dad? I was, I was, I was who was Culture? Things... That's that's the name of it. Who, who Culture? YouTube. You were going to do the sponsors. I was, yes. I got interrupted. Is that who won that code at the UK? first time ever. Uh-huh. I've got sore feet. I want to get my shoes off. Anyway. Uh, right, so. Sorry. Track wind. Whoone.co.uk have a latest products list of, sorry, um, Beast of Scar Hill by Mark Wright. That looks like a Ninth Doctor and Rose story. Uh, 2024 annual. We're featuring the 13th, sorry, the 14th and 15th Doctors on the front cover. Um, Doomsday Extraction Point. Uh, what is that? Don't see what it is. Is that Doctor Who? The co is Doctor Who. Doomsday Extraction Point. There's two of those. They're books. Uh, at Teeth of Ice by Andrew Lane. It's a uh, Eighth Doctor story. Let's see if what's coming up. That line up the Christmas products for this year. Coming soon. Torchwood Among Us Three. Hopefully it's got a friend of the show, Gareth David Lloyd, in it. Um, Fifth Doctor in the Night. And Ninth Doctor Adventures Travel in Hope. Uh, once I'd love to. Have you heard Mary any of these Ninth Doctor stories? Or are, are there none out yet? I don't know. Pardon, Mary. Mary. Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 something. Sorry, what? No, I just wondered if you'd heard any of the Ninth Doctor stories on Big Finish, or whether there are any. any oh gosh, yet. yes. In fact, I've been pretty regularly reporting on. Uh, on them, and I just started another box set. Um, the latest box set is called Shades of Fear, mm-hmm. and I've listened to the first story um, of the three, and, and it's pretty good. It's it's kind of a light story, so I'm cool. w- hoping that there's more um, substance to the following, yeah. the subsequent two. Okay. Um, the other things coming out are Once and Future Three. Genius of War 3 and 4, uh, Sigil, which is a tortured story. I, I just downloaded all of the Once in Future oh, yeah. recordings. I'm going to start listening to those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sigil, um, oh, I've done that one, sorry. Six Doctor Purity Unbound. Uh, yeah, and I listened to that one. That's really good. That's so a really cool. I want that one, yeah. Available for pre order. Uh, and Unit Nemesis 4 Masters of Time. Um, and uh, yeah, so that obviously features. Um, a certain uh, uh, red grave lady. Hmm. Um, who? Sorry, Lavazzi, uh Keep your uh, join their blooming mailing list because the amount of offers that they throw out there that you may miss if you don't join their ma- mailing list is, is incredible, really. Uh, and obviously, you know, get their blog and stuff. I'm just going to have a peek at their blogs. I know they sell. We all know that they sell the best uh, Doctor Who products available if you want to wear them. But uh, there's a blog on there, and it says Doctor Who, the top Donna Noble episodes, so you can discuss uh, what you feel of you know, Donna Noble's episodes, or Doctor Who, the TARDIS rooms we will never see, 
and, and things like that. And uh, you can expand your imagination and send in fan fiction and read other people's fan fiction. It's a really good service on, on the Lavazi uh, website. And while doing that, you can buy a scarf or, or a question mark pullover or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, before we move on to a, a questionable pullover, question mark pullover. <laughs> no, I'm just being weird. Yeah. That's my job. Okay, so uh, before we move on to what we watched this week, um, which we, I just quickly wrote down everything I watched. <laughs> I haven't watched. I haven't written down anything. I'm tr- going to try and wing it at some point. Maybe I'll go second. So I'm going to ask her. I'll go second. I'll, I'll, I'll put Kirby and Debbie, and then I'll have a look see what I've watched this week. Anyway. You know, we haven't done any conventions this year as regards apart from Heroes and Portsmouth. I mean, as proper punters. Uh, so we didn't think we were going to, but we're starting <coughs> to get really tempted by Wales Comic Con Telford Takeover. We can't go to Liverpool because it's on the same as, uh, day as FancyCon, but the guests at Liverpool Comic Con are ridiculous. Yeah, there you go, that's where it goes. But Wales Comic Con has a good lineup coming up so far. Joe Keery, who we missed out on about four years ago, and Isabella was actually heartbroken because she wanted to meet him. Uh, Tom he's a he was in the last series of Stranger Things as well. Um, Alex Kingston, Ryan Hurst, don't know who he is, but never mind. Warwick Davis. Um, We've obviously got Colin Baker, Paul McGann, Peter Davison, and Sylvester McCoy, which I, I wouldn't bother with because I've met them a couple of times. Uh, Manu Bennett, who went to the original Island Con, uh, David Bradley, Julian Glover, who I've been trying to get the other organisers of Fancy Con to allow me to ask to Fancy Con, but because he's 87, though he's too old, but there he is, he's going to be at Wales Comic Con. Uh, Bernard Hill, Veronica Taylor, uh, that's a Pokemon actor apparently. Corey Feldman, who's uh, a legend from The Goonies and Lost Boys. Uh, Graham McTavish, who's in The Hobbit and House of Dragon. Uh, and that's just so far. And there's a wrestling legend called Booker T. That went right over my head. Um, so they've got a couple of really... Uh, Warwick Davis, a ledge. Joe Keery, ledge, you know. I could get a picture with Alex Skinson on my own this time if, uh, if I play my cards right. Um, along with um, a couple of Harry Potter actors and stuff like that. So starting to look quite good, and it's quite early on, uh, the, the guests. Yeah, hopefully it will keep going, getting better and better. Indeed. Right, so uh, I'm going to hand the first part of what we watched this week to Debbie while I look to see what I watched this week. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls up Netflix really quickly. Yeah, yeah I've, um, obviously, if anyone who follows my um, rather prolific meme wall that is my my uh, profile on Facebook, I've been watching a lot of Python lately, just lots, yes. not over and over again. Never gets old. Well, obviously, some of the jokes do. But, um, yeah, it's it's still always cracking. I've watched um, One Piece, which was fantastic. Isla is completely hooked. Can't wait for the next season. Obviously, with the writer strikes and everything on, every, a lot of cool things that you want to see more of. It's just going to have to wait until life, real life sorts itself out and then we can get back to our fantasy lives. Um, <laughs> I actually watched this program on um, Netflix called The Lost Pirate Kingdom. It's six episodes and um, there's an awful lot of sex in it. It's a, his, it's a possibly, uh, historical um, documentary and... Uh, uh, you know, a, a proper dramatization and but it was really fascinating no, really good. interesting and learned yeah. about lots of famous pirates that yeah. you know the names of but it was 
their yeah. origin stories, the whole politics behind everything. And I'm a sucker for it. It's really, really good series. I recommend thing. it. Too. And the woman that plays the the woman pirate is really, really. Yeah, hot. Anne Bonny, the girl who plays yeah. Anne Bonny. Yeah. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> it was just brilliant, wasn't it? It was so good. I've watched 1899 again. I love that. Absolutely love that program. I wish that they kept they signed it up for another season i'd love to have seen how how that had gone um what else have i been watching well doctor who obviously and i've been uh listening to quite a bit of um radio comedy as well um great you know great bleak expectations is still absolutely up there for radio for drama and anthony head's just amazing in it as the bad guy um other than that yeah pretty much still been sat outside despite how cold it's starting to get but i will up my viewing pleasure accordingly as uh, as we move back inside thank you i mean I, we um didn't realize that young sheldon series six was, was being shown and uh, are now currently trying to catch up on that oh, um, oh is I, it i didn't realize yeah, that it's on, okay. it's on um it's on yeah, e4 i loved young sheldon i've watched some of that this week i'll tell well. you what right the act i can't remember the actor's name who plays sheldon in it but he he's a rising star because his, his abilities is he's got so nuances and subtleties to the way he portrays Sheldon he's gradually easing himself into the Sheldon that we recognize it was mm. slight you know that the Sheldonisms where he breathes where he speaks the little things he the way he says stuff the way he does the except looks, his voice is deeper than and his voice than is deeper he's getting quite tall as well Sheldon. yeah he's um, oh, we're not going to hold that against him are we no 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 <laughs> Um, there's an ensemble cast. They obviously work really well together. It's a charming series, and I'm not that keen on American comedies most of the time. But Young Sheldon is just absolute wonderful television, uh, and it's a quite short episode, so you can get them, you can digest them quite quickly. Uh, but yeah, series six has started. We've got the first through the first few episodes, and uh, uh, Isabella's favourite uh, character within that series is Georgie. She says he, he's just the best, <laughs> best character, best actor within the series so it's um i'm really pleased that's on because i was looking forward to it so much and didn't even realize it was on they've shown about half the series already on on e4 so that's all available for catch up if you want to watch catch up also um with the new series of um that wrexham series at ryan reynolds and um oh god i can never remember the other bloke's name um there's a new series of that coming out so we've we restarted as in we resumed it sorry after probably about nine months of not watching it at all um and thoroughly enjoying that uh discovery plus has um murder on cctv and i think any long-term listeners to this show know that i love murder on c not the the fact that people have got murdered but the series murder on cctv and faking it is also back on there been watching the rugby uh been watching the football apart from the saints play because it's been awful um and uh, I, I really do need to w- start watching that um, series on Apple TV Plus about the foot- American footballer playing soccer in the UK. It's uh, been highly recommended. It won an NTA for Best um, International Comedy. And I can't remember what it's called. Uh, oh, that's so annoying. None of you lot know what it's called either, which is really annoying. Um, no, I haven't I watched that. Pardon? I don't. No. Um but I need to pick up on that one. But I, I tend to um, watch um, lots and lots of history programs on YouTube because with YouTube you can actually um, look at specific things you're interested in and find them. And there's so many good um, uh, series on uh, and, and channels 
by absolute geniuses in their field, especially um, the antiquity, antiquities or something like that. And he goes around um, and talks about um, old graves of kings and stuff like that. And um, very interesting stories that... Um, Oh, Ted Lasso was the series on Apple TV Plus. Big problem. Um, so I'm looking forward to picking up on that one. Um, and the antiquities thing as well. Bear with me. I'm going to find this this thing because I know Deb's interested in this sort of uh, history uh, stroke archaeology. There's a bit of both. bit of both. History, archaeology. I'll tell you what, Deb. In regards, archaeology. To, in regards to archaeology of a sort, um, it's when you find lots and lots of news reports about your ancestors that is proper archaeology and i didn't even realize it was there because it's not just a gravestone that might say so and so was born in a certain sort of time as was wife of so and so and whatever these are actual conversations that people have had uh, and it really does bring a person you've never met that was alive 150 years ago to life uh, and i find that side of uh, literal archaeology absolutely fascinating and uh, i've been trying to um watch programs about what it was like to be around in the the, the six sorry the 1860s which is more or less where these these court cases were at uh, and um also digest and copy copyright no hang on you know it comes in a pdf so you have to literally write it out yourself otherwise you can't copy and paste the text into another document i've been doing that a lot I've been spending so much time going through documents and doing that um but it's so fascinating when you hear your well, answers. Too bad you can't use speaking. the software that I'm currently. Oh uh, yeah, I tried. I tried the software, but it it, it, it can't guess the words properly. The best one I found. You wouldn't let me finish what I was saying. Oh, go on then. I I'm working with some software right now. Uh, it's part of my actual job. All right. Where we have PDFs coming in, and uh, it's very expensive software that can read the stuff because they need it. Yeah, but it's also it it's also JPEG files as well, Kirby. Um, that it, that, Me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm using PNGs as mm. well. I'm get, I'm extracting those into. The thing I found that works best is free accounting. of charge. Sorry, the thing I found that works best is free of charge. Um, it's the um, when you go when you open it up on the iPhone, it comes up with a little text uh, thing as you hold it down. It then highlights all the text, copy and paste it into a note, and then although some of the words come out wrong, you can then read one against the other and just slightly edit the text to be correct rather than have well, to type and type, and type, don't, and type. Tell my, don't tell my job that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's a really cool thing that the um, the iPhone or Apple mobile devices has right so back to what I've been watching um, yeah so um, for you Debbie uh, recommended things to follow uh, on YouTube are the Alan Barton Antiquities I think it's called Great yeah. channel, lots of interesting short um, pieces on things from history, odd things from history. History Calling, really, really good. Um, a lot of sort of uh, what you call biographies on, on people from history going right back to God knows when. People's Profiles, another really good one. Um, and, yeah, there's stuff I haven't found yet on there. But if, obviously, if you keep watching all the history programs, it, it finds your algor algorithms and finds other stuff you might be interested in. So it's really, really cool. I'm going to stop there because okay. the other things I've watched are really, really boring. Um, so, um, and I really, I did watch an episode of Star Trek Picard, which I'm going to have to carry on watching that because it's a really good series. But I've been finding other things more interesting. Kirby, what have you been watching? 
see, most of the time for the past however long we've been doing this, what have you been watching? I usually say nothing, <laughs> but and also partly because I forget what I've been watching. But uh, so the geek daughter and I are continuing to watch Andor. She's seen it before, but she was recommending that I watch it uh, before we go on to Ahsoka. Uh, so I'm up to episode seven of Andor and loving it. Uh, the Tin Dog podcast is uh, doing a prisoner re- rewatch. So uh, I've been following along with them and, and keeping up before they talk about the uh, whatever episode of The Prisoner they're talking about. Yeah, I've seen them all before, but I haven't really done them all in order. Where did so you, you get that idea from then, Kirby? Doing, doing huh? all the epi- where, where did you get that idea from watching them all in order? <laughs> <laughs> they, they well. First of all, they did it, it for the UFO, and I didn't keep up with that. So I need to go back and listen to their UFO podcast, and then uh, so they're up to episode eleven of the Prisoner. Uh, I decided I probably won't continue doing this, but I thought, oh, I'd try to watch the animated One Piece before I take up the live action one. I watched the first three episodes and I like it, but. Uh, I'm probably going to switch over and just watch the live action. Uh, you were talking about the the algorithm coming up with stuff on YouTube. It popped up something in the, oh, you might be interested in this, mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. And, and I thought, yeah, that, that might be interesting. Yeah. Apparently on the BBC, uh, around the time that Mike Oldfield uh, was famous for Tubular Bells, and, you know, he did Tubular Bells he played on the album, he played every instrument. But the BBC yeah. pulled together, he pulled him into a studio and uh, got other uh, musicians in and they broadcast a performance of Tubular Bells live. And I was, I watched that thing three times last night because it, it's such a wonderful piece of music. Good. To me, yeah, it's I, yeah, it's I like his later one, "Music of the Spheres." That was yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, still, yeah. I mean, the, it was it was it was the algorithm that, that pulled that up for me. Yeah. A uh, couple of other oddballs. I saw someone mentioned on Instagram that they had watched Day of the Doctor in 3D. I'm going, what? How? What? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got it on. I've got it in 3D on on a Blu-ray, but I've got a 3D TV to watch it on. So that's the end of that. Well, well the thing is, is that uh, yeah, I I managed to somehow hmm, get a hold of it in 3D, and I can watch it on my virtual reality headset. Oh right, okay. So I I watched about half of it, uh, and that's probably the copy that I'll use to when we discuss it in a few weeks. And then while I was at it, I went out and found one of my favorite cheesy 3D movies from the 50s, uh, Vincent Price in House of Wax. All right. <laughs> oh, my God. I vaguely remember that one. <laughs> Which, it, oh, I love that one. It's a great movie. <laughs> particularly the, the Barker out in front when he, they reopen the House of Wax, and he's got the, the little paddle ball. And there's a man with popcorn. <laughs> it breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, got a couple of things uh, coming up that I'm going to be watching. Uh, 
Um, my wife and I were talking about stuff the other day, and I Claudius came up, oh. and I I I dug out our DVDs of oh, I Claudius. I really want to see that. She, but I can't find it. She's anywhere. got it. She's got them first. Yeah. If they bring <laughs> that on Blu-ray, I'll be buying it, even though I haven't got a Blu-ray player to play it on. <laughs> uh, so she's she's got it, got him first, and then I'll watch I Claudius again for the first time in ages. Uh, when she's done with it. Oh, and I walked in last night. I walked into the sunroom where she was watching and she paused it and there were the credits were running. <laughs> and and uh, oh, darn. Now I forget the actor's name. Was, uh, but there's just so many Doctor Who actors and Star Trek actors <laughs> in there. Uh, obviously, Picard is in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, who was the what's the name of? The actor who played uh, in the invasion, who is always saying "Paka." Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. I don't yeah. know. Now all I can think of is Peter Sellers in Pink Panther. No, he was also in um, *Remembrance of the Daleks*. He played uh, the the vicar, the blind vicar. Yes, I can't remember yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about the actor who played Packer. I'm no. talking about the actor who said. Yeah, that's Paka. who I'm talking about. That's it who he's him. talking about. He played who? the vicar. The actor that you're talking about that said Bagar was also also played the vicar in Remembrance of the Daleks, a blind no, vicar. No, the vicar in oh, Remembrance Jordan. of the Daleks was Packer himself. Hmm, Here, I'm let, let not me, sure it was. Me... You know we're supposed to be talking about what we watch, not boring <laughs> everybody. We're trying to work out who someone is when we could clearly I'm Google sure it. sure it was, but carry on, Kirby, yes. Well, well, I I was just uh, amused because uh, I'm talking about, by the way, Kevin Stoney. Yeah, that's it. That's right. right not name, yes. Yeah, and he's not in uh, Remembrance of the Dollar. Oh, Sorry. Whatever. Carry on. He was. He, he hey, hey, anyway. Get anyway. on with. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes. So um, I I just saw his name up on the screen and was amused, and she's going, "Who? Wait, wait, what do you?" Who's that person? Anyway, and then uh, I just got a Blu-ray of uh, How the West Was Won, and it's in simulated Cinerama. I mean, it's not going to be the flat with the with the uh, lines in between. You know, Cinerama was was actually three pieces of film put together, uh, but it's going to when it's on my big screen TV, it's going to be curved. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Okay, so, right, the Packer thing, you're right. The, Kevin Stoney said Packer, but the actor that was Packer was um, was the man who was um, um, in Remembrance of the Daleks. Yes, he was also in... He was also uh, the guard for Leonardo da Vinci in... Yeah, he's been in a few... Yes, right, he was, yeah. Yeah, he's been in a few. Yes. Yeah, so I was half right. Why? I was half right, so I get half a ding. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I will say I'm going to move over to... Uh, what's her name? Oh, Mary. Yes, I, had, I thought I had a piece of music for this bit, but no, I can't, I can't find one, so we'll just say, Mary. <laughs> well, you know, my, my part is always really short, because I watch mostly That's baseball. That's what she said. <laughs> um, and, and I have been listening to Big Finish, but we already talked about that, um, listening to The Ninth Doctor, and... Um, 
that um let me see here oh oh there was a show i think it was on netflix called to or it was on max called to catch a killer um and i i love mystery shows i like detective mysteries so I, I usually tune into the ones that are are serialized so that i'm not sitting in one you know watching one show for two hours or more um do you know i started watching this one um Piece by piece by piece. I started around eight o'clock. I didn't get to bed till two in the morning because I could not stop watching it. It was like crack. Um, <laughs> every every episode would end with a complete change of everything. I <laughs> love you, that. You yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, another revelation is like, oh no, I've got to watch the next one. Binge, so, binge, so, binge, 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 binge. Yeah. So if you see To Catch a Killer, um, I recommend it. It's a great watch. Um, and and. I just want to lodge a general complaint, not with any of you, but just to the universe. It mm-hmm. seems like between what you guys talk about and what I see advertised, it seems like every time you see something that I want to watch, it's always another streaming service. Mm. Oh, yes. At what, point, yeah. Yeah, at what point do you draw the line and mm. say, I have... I'm subscribing to too many because yeah. I have been like unsubscribing to some when I realize I haven't been watching anything on them for a while. Yeah. And next thing I know, they're advertising something that I want to see. Like, yes. oh. yeah. yeah, we've had to restrict ourselves to what streaming services we use the most because I would have oodles of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I yeah. could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it just it just is very frustrating, very frustrating. And then you, you sign up for the, like, the trial periods, but you have to remember to get off before the trial period is over. Otherwise, that they automatically are charging you. So anyway, that's my general, you know, yeah. shaking fist to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair uh, enough. I mean, so, you said some of our sorry. some of our. Um, Streaming services are going to kind of just happen anyway, because first of all, we'll have to have Disney Plus because of Doctor Who. Uh, we get uh, Max for free with our internet. And um, for how long? Forever. Until, oh, really? Until decide, oh. Until, yeah, it's AT&T uh, fiber internet. It comes with it. Um, and then we're... we're we're Amazon Prime, and I don't think we could ever get rid of Netflix because everyone, everyone except me watches Netflix. Mm. Uh, except every once in a while, I, I find something like I'll be watching One Piece. Yeah. Uh, oh, Master? What? what? Master? Yes? I don't know where you, you're getting your young Sheldon information, well, but I'm looking at the list, the Wikipedia page, <sighs> list of young Sheldon episodes. There's not been a new episode since May. Well, before I move on to correcting you once again, um, right, where are we going? So I'm just what want to season say, are you watching? Just bear with me a moment. I can only do one thing at a time. Uh, so the last thing I was forced, I, I was felt obliged to binge was um, one day many years ago when I was had an old VHS player and I, I 
we used to work in a video shop and p bought home um, Police Academy 1 and 2 and put them and watched them and I had to watch the rest. So I, went, I went down the shop in the early hours of the morning and picked up the rest of them and watched all six films overnight. Um, that's <laughs> the only time that's ever happened to me because um, they're really funny. And all oh, right, before I move on to the answer in your question, Kirby, um, Debbie, I wanted to re recommend someone else, something else on YouTube. It's uh, Follow Well I Never. It's a bald head chap with a beard who's very good at telling um, historical stories, very short historical stories. But I think I've seen him, yeah. He's very good. Uh, right, so Kirby Bartlett Sloan recordings. We are young Sheldon. Let's have a look. And we've got here Series 6, Episode 4. Do you want me to play some of it for you, Kirby? Well, um, no, Series 6. But Series 6 has uh, 1920, 21, 22, 22 episodes, and I've seen them all. So what are you saying then? I'm just saying. It's just arrived on E4, and I, I didn't realise it was on it. We, I've been waiting for it, and it suddenly landed without my knowledge. That's the, only, the I mean, point I was I mean, are, the, are you getting them one week at a time, or are you just binging them? They're a bit, well, I can't binge them, because... Well, hang on. They're coming through... Um, well, at the moment, it's Series 6, Episode 4 is the one we haven't watched. I've got a funny feeling they are downloadable. Available now. Let's have a look. Well, what it sounds like is that they delayed them for you. I don't know. Anyway, right. On E4, I'm just scrolling through. The episodes go up to Series 6, Episode 19. So that's how far behind we are with the, with the well, series. Well, still 20, 21, and 22. Yeah. yeah. So we've got them up to Series 6, Episode 19. But we've only watched up to, up to Episode 4. I think that answered that question, doesn't it? Right, so um, I think next week, I'm going to say next time, I always say next time because I never know what's going to happen. Uh, we're looking at Hyde, isn't it? The, the next uh, yes, episode in Hyde. the Max the next Smith one. era. Uh, so fingers crossed for that one. Uh, my, my mother behaves oh, Are we still recording good? You want to check the recording? <laughs> well, if we weren't, it would be a bit late, wouldn't it? And I'll say that the audio from the from the video is it's there, but it's not very good. But I suppose uh, in the history of this show, we've had some episodes with some really awful audio, so I'll just have to live with it. I was just joking, Master. No, you weren't. You were being 100% serious, uh, but I'm used to it. Right, <laughs> so as of the next time, hide. Uh, literally hide. And we're watching uh, an episode called Hide. Um, I don't know whether we'll be I'll be allowed to do a show when we get too close to FancyCon, but we'll see how it goes on with that one. But yeah, well, well I am just be sure get, let me know by Friday whether or not I need to put out something. I suspect be right for this week, and unless uh, well, I've got a whole week to get a few weddings done. Um, uh, I should really be doing it tonight, but I did a bit before we did the show. I'm rambling. I need to end the show because I'd like to get a bath and. Potentially watch, <laughs> watch the rest of the rugby for starters, which is yes, rather rugby. nice, rather nicely poised at ten nine. So until then, uh, thank you for listening, watching, taking part in the show. Please continue to do so. Goodbye. Goodbye, fancy pants.
The 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast is an APV Services production, sponsored by whoone.co.uk and lavazi.co.uk. We are proud members of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Doctor Who is a trademark of the BBC. No copyright infringement intended. The music on this podcast is covered by limited online music license from PRS for Music. Licence reference LE 0030512.